This is Dan Gore. Welcome to the Icons Podcast. For more than 30 years, I've been involved in the art of female impersonations and celebrity impersonations. I've worked with some of the most amazing performers in our history. I've traveled around the world, producing and directing shows for corporate events, casting for TV and movies. But most impressive of all is getting to know some of the most amazing people ever to grace our industry. Best known to many as the art of drag. I've worked with and become friends with some of history's finest that have paved the way for many of today's current and upcoming performers. This is our chance to learn more about our drag history. This is Icons, Incredible Creations on Stage podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Gore with the Icons podcast. I am thrilled to death to welcome this next performer to this episode of Icons. And this is somebody that he's actually one of the first performers I ever laid eyes on uh, when I ventured out to West Hollywood back in the mid 80s. And he has such amazing amount of stories and he's been all over the world. And I know you're just going to enjoy this, this interview greatly. I'm so excited to welcome him. And please welcome my guest for this Icons podcast, Viva Sex. Hey, Viva. Hey. How are you? Still alive. <laughs> well, you probably, we haven't talked in a very long time. And, no, very long time. And, you know, I don't know if you know my whole story regarding, you know, first seeing you uh, at Peanuts. Peanuts was a popular West Hollywood uh, venue that Viva worked at with a show called, I believe at the time they were called The Cosmetics. And, yes. And I ventured out there just to tell you a little bit about my history with Viva and this show. I was in high school. I was a sophomore. I was 15 years old and a group of people were going out and this outsider, if you will, said, oh, we should go to West Hollywood. And at the time, I lived like 100 miles from West Hollywood. So I didn't know anything about West Hollywood. And so we went to, they said, we should go to this place called Peanuts. And we went there and it's just packed. It's completely packed, over packed. Now with the, being a, a nightclub owner, I mean, this place was packed to the hilt. I mean, it was balls to the wall. And we saw this show and I saw Viva come out and he was doing Madonna. And I was so naive at the time. I'm like, oh my God, is Madonna's really performing here at Peanuts? Because at the time, I think the whole, it was pre-Desperately Seeking Susan. And that's when I first laid my eyes on Viva. And Viva was part of a much bigger cast. But uh, we're going to get to that. But that's how I came about meeting Viva uh, for the first time. And it was in 1985. And uh, I was just obsessed with the art of drag, art of female impersonation from that point forward. And so uh, first off, I think Viva, you're you were born in California, right? I was I was born in Orange County. Okay, and did you ever come from a large family, or was you just the only no. child? No, I have a stepbrother and stepsister. All right, and then when you when you were growing up, did you ever see? Did did you what were your aspirations? Did you did you think you'd be a performer, or were you uh, kind of inspired by something you saw? No, I used to when I was little, and I used to go to school. I used to always have issues with people in school, but I had a big mouth which I still do. <laughs> and um, I was just a kind of, like, I was a different kind of like person in school because they would ridicule me, but I would really ridicule them back. So they had an issue with me like that. They always wanted to beat me up and stuff. So movies took me away from things that, in the beginning. I used to ditch school and go downtown LA and watch movies and I would hear the music and, you know, I would see the girls perform. And I, I think that's where it started. Like, I think it's the beginning was like Pam Greer, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, oh, to, right. for me to be that kind of person, yeah. And then um, music, I always loved like 70s music. And just because of the colors, I mean, like you say, like the club was really packed. It was like, it was Hollywood Studio 54, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Studio 54 was a big popular one in New York. That was, they consider like the 70s, 80s, but we had Peanuts at that time, you know, Peanuts and Circus and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So 
when did you first put on makeup or a wig? I mean, is there anyone that inspired you, like when you were seeing these movies? The women inspired you, obviously. So is that what kind of drove you to kind of like try to look like a girl, or how did that come about? Yeah, no, it's just like everybody used to always say I look like a girl. I I heard it ever since I was born. You know, there's times that my mother they just say, "Oh, you have such a pretty girl," and I'm, my mom goes, "That's not a girl. That's a boy." You know, <laughs> and it was just I I never really understood didn't really care, you know, because I never knew what gay meant until I met somebody in um, junior high school. And I used to hang out with him because I thought he was really nice. And then they started saying fags. And I was like, what? And then they're, I'm like, they're saying, you know, you guys got to eat that, that faggot. And I was like, what is that? And then they're like, guys on guys. And I'm like, what? And I was being called that because of this guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They really didn't pay attention to me too much because by the time they figured I was a boy, I was gone. You know? <laughs> Sure. Okay. So, it, it, so I mean, you know, and then the, by watching movies was my escape, and um, I was very into like Donna Summer and LaBelle and the Pointer Sisters and stuff like that, Blondie, and I wanted to look like them. So I one day I was watching TV, and I think I saw a, a movie with some. It was like a drag queen in it. I forgot the name of the movie. It's it's, it's like old, <clears throat> but um, I was like, oh my god, that's a guy putting on makeup. So then I started doing it. And then I just created, like, it was during the punk era, you know, so I wasn't your typical drag queen. I was more, we were more punk. Sure. And, um, yeah, so we would, we would, we would go to What is this? Is this like early 80s or can you recall like what? Yeah, year? very early, early 80s. Yeah. So Madonna had it broken and, out yet, right? No, she hadn't broken out yet. Yeah. And she broke out like maybe about two years later. And that's when I first heard Burning Up. And I fell in love with that song, and I really wanted to do it. So at that time, I was we were already performing. So I performed what were that your, song. What was your first cl club like? Did you see a drag show and say, "I want to be a part of that drag show," or how did you come about being getting into perfection? No, it's like uh, you know how it, you know how like they have pose and all that stuff now. Mm -hmm. Like 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 the legendary dances and the houses. Sure. It was just like that, but we didn't have houses here in L.A. You know we had clicks so it was a club and it had clicks like that and it was like the voguing and stuff like this to the people where i met the people that were actual vogers and my met michelangelo michelangelo was a big you know icon in in music he was a major dj he's the one who always had music ahead of his time so he put me one day he i joined a halloween contest and i and i would dress up as uh, wonder woman <laughs> and then i joined up and he's like okay what's your category i said uh, drag queen because you don't look like a drag queen why don't you just put uh, impersonate, uh, like, uh, you know, you're impersonating a character. So just say, you know, um, best superhero. So, and I won. <laughs> and how, so, do, you remember, do you remember how old you were at that time? Geez, I think I was like 13, 12, 13. <laughs> I mean, I was getting into clubs. At that time, people were getting into clubs anytime, however, yeah. whatever, you know. So um, they asked me if I wanted to to join the show, which they had every week. It was like a competition. It wasn't a show. It was a competition. And, and was this at a, it was at an actual club or someone's garage or a ballroom? No, it was or? at an actual club. It was an actual club. And okay. it, it would be like where Pose came from, you know, like the, sure. like the voguing. But it was a club like that. It was more underground. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because straight people went, gay people went, and it was just like a mixture of everything. It's so funny. I think um, we, we talked about this before, and you can probably put some enlightenment to this. And because back, I mean, you go back 30 years ago, 35 years ago, these clubs were popping up. I had no clue. I mean, I know you and I haven't spoken a long time. I own a, I own a nightclub restaurant showroom 
now. And, you know, I know all the rules and the regulations I had to go through to get this far. But back then, when I was 15, these clubs were popping up all over the place and they, they weren't following any rules. They didn't have no liquor license. They were just opening a bar. I remember going to these places all over LA and I'm like, how'd they open this club so fast? And it was just like they would rent the space and they'd have a bar. Yeah, <laughs> like these clubs were already like established, but, you know, they had liquor license, but we weren't allowed to get in. So we would get drunk in the car. Okay. You know, so and then or get high in the car or or around the around the block. Uh -huh. So it was just different. It, there was no rules. There was no nothing. You know, your your ex, ex, exhibitions were like left at home. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just a totally should, totally different time. Totally different time back then. Oh yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I I would hate to be young now. Yeah. Because I would ha I would be a robot. Right. <laughs> You know, I, I, I just, you know, we had no rules uh, in a way, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have all that stuff. And it was a better, it was better because there's more communication. We cared about each other more. We didn't have to compete too much because it was more of a, a together thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, social media completely has changed the whole outlook of the society. Oh, my God. It, it actually, yeah. it, it's destroyed it, and it's made yeah. people think there's somebody that they're not. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's exactly you know? one of the reasons why I wanted to create the podcast, because I wanted to talk to people who really, have, you know, really paved the way and really made a statement in the art of drag. And, you know, now you meet people that have, you know, 10,000 followers, and, you know, they think they're, you know, world famous. And uh, they might be world yeah. famous, but they haven't really done so much like yourself and some of these other people. And people that have been somewhat forgotten, they've really made a huge statement way before, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race came around or any of these new queens came around, you know, yourself. I mean, RuPaul's Ra Drag Race is, it's funny to me. You know, it's just like a, it's like, um, like when somebody wants to join Ringling Brother or Barnum and Bailey's head, <laughs> you know, it's a little I bit mean, more clownish. Than it I mean, is. yeah, I mean, I, I respect it. I don't watch it, but I respect it. I mean, you know, RuPaul's done an amazing things for the drag world but it's just not i mean there's so many more people before that that like yourself and other people i've talked to that just have really you know made a statement and drag and that no one really even thinks about or goes back to you know so that's no because I, I mean like me and jasmine are the only ones that know what the real deal is on rupaul <laughs> <Okay>. you know <laughs> so it's just it, 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 it's just anybody can have a show if you do the right way you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so you start performing uh in these cliques and these clubs and and you and you meet michelangelo and when does so peanuts was a popular club when does this peanuts era start up for you uh, it started like in 1982, I think, around that and, time. It's and who was running the show? The, was Michelangelo yeah. in charge of the show? Okay. Yeah, and he took it to circus, and we had it. We were we were performing at circus like once a week, and then all of a sudden we heard about the club Peanuts, but it was a lesbian club. And um, Michelangelo went to go talk to the owner and said that we have this uh, gender bender show. It's everything, you know, because we had real girls in our show, too, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, he went over there and then one day he says, we're not going to be working at circus anymore. We're going to go and we're going to perform at Peanuts. And then we said, what the hell is that? <laughs> and we went in there, you know, we went in there and it was just amazing. And we took over that club and we started working on you know, Fridays and Saturdays and Mondays. We took over all the nights, you know? Yeah, yeah it was wild. Yeah. And then it was like where all the all singers, movie stars and everybody used to come. But Monday night was more transsexual. You know, because it was I, I had never met a transsexual until like maybe like when I went to Peanuts, you know, I've and, seen them, 
I've seen them, but I, I never really put two and two together. I just thought they were women because we always had women in our show, you know? Sure, sure. And how back but then, they were I mean, I was so naive. I, how did it all, was it just by flyers in the mail? Like, how did someone promote a club back then and, and, and not just promote a club like Peanuts? How do they have a night where they're actually inviting trans? Like, is that by just, I don't even know. Flyers. Like, it's just flyering everywhere and, and, and mailing. Flyering everywhere and word of mouth. And it was more, the community was more together than it is now, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they, they cared about, you know, like I know there was another club in West Hollywood. It was Mickey's, but they used to have a drag show. But it was a drag show. Like you walk in there and you're like, oh, that's a guy. That's a man, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Because they weren't trying to be women. Yeah, no, I totally, we were, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, and we it, were it, more was of nothing, it was nothing like I've ever seen. I mean, I have so many memories of that place and the people that I would watch there. So when the when the club started, when Peanuts started, so I know I, I'm just named some of the performers I used to see. Were they in the original cast? Like Kenny, the Grace Jones, did he come later? Was he part of that cast? Because he was in no, the, he was already part of it. Everybody was part of it. And then there was um, uh, Kenny was got, an amazing Grace Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. Kenny Kenny was his performer. I thought it was Grace Jones. I mean, I walked in there and I thought these people were actually. That's how naive as as a 15 year old i thought like oh my god because i thought it's so packed that there's that there's there's it's only packed because these are real celebrities there these are like famous people and that's why it's so packed and kenny did amazing grace jones and then there was the guy that did tina turner um yeah that was tommy and then yourself yeah he then- used to, they, they were all you know they were all trained dancers like victor manuel he's a punker an old punker and he used to he used to have a, a nice body he still does but a nice body but he would dance in pump he was always dancing to the david bowie songs the dead or alive song stuff like that yeah, yeah. So these though, these are all people that you were, were originally part of the cast then when it opened there. And then Adam. Yes, was, was Adam part of the cast as well, or did he come later? Adam became part of our cast at Circus. It was like, uh, you know, that's when I noticed where there's competition shit. Like, they were uh, mad because I was popular at Circus, and then they wanted to get somebody else to, like, fuck me over. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so they brought Adam, but he was dark hair. I was blonde. So we, and we became instant good friends. So it, it backfired on them. I used to go to this club. I used to see Viva and all these performers, and I had no idea that people were wigs. That's how my, my so I thought, oh my god, these guys are dyeing their hair every week. <laughs> yeah, we had different color hair every week. <laughs> so when did the when did so you see Madonna the burning up video, and when do you actually decide that? Oh, let me try to look like. I didn't see girl. the video. I did the song. I did okay. the song, and I didn't know which, who she what she looked like at that time. They didn't show her what she looked like. Sure. Uh-huh. And then and then physical attraction because it was the other side. That became more popular than Burning Up, but Burning Up was always, it's still my favorite song. And then all of a sudden I saw the cover that came out, you know, came out way later. And then she looked, she looked black and I'm like, oh my God, she's a black girl. I can't do her. I kept doing it because I'm like, well, as long as nobody knows what she looks like, I'm good. And then when her first album came out and I was like, oh my God, she's white, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's Italian. So I, I'm like, I can do her. But at that time, nobody wanted to really impersonate anybody. The only people that used to impersonate was Lacage. You know, those are impersonators. We were never associated with that. Later on, I became a person at Lacage, but we were more like punk. And I wanted to do Madonna. I was doing Viva through Madonna's music. I was doing Viva through Vanity's music, through Apollonia's music. I would catch a little bit of like Madonna, put my hair that way or wear her jewelry. And the crosses came because of Billy Idol, not because of Madonna. Because I was wearing crosses like that before Madonna because I, co- I copied it from Billy Idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, 
Yeah, he had all those crosses. So, you know, we mixed a lot of things together. And then one day somebody told me, you know what? You know, you look like her. Why don't you do her? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I was always so against trying to impersonate somebody because I'm not that person. Of course. No, I, I was you. using them. I was using their music. Like if I was a singer, this would be my song. That's why I would look at it. And you were already and then at, established there too. You were, I mean, doing doing drag or just being Viva was just was already you're popular already. Yeah, it was iconic. Yeah. It was already iconic stuff yeah. because people were like there because people were young there. They never saw people like us, and they were like happy they were you know because we we're not we we're not only drag. We were like punk. We were like happy to be who we are. Great show, and people young people would sneak in there and want to be us or like us or like our songs, and you know it, it became more of like a, a bringing people up. I think. So why we have that fan base at that time. How did the name Viva Sex come about? How did you come up with that name? One of my favorite models was Margot Hemingway. And um, she was on the cover of Viva magazine. And when I was at Geno's, where Michelangelo DJed, when I dressed up as Wonder Woman, he asked me, what, what drag name am I going to use? And I'm like, what? I didn't even have a drag name, you know? <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know. Uh, my mom's favorite name was Monique. So I said, Monique. And he goes, no, I use something else. And I'm like, okay, Viva, because I just bought that magazine. <laughs> nice. Because she was on the cover of Viva magazine. There was a magazine that was kind of like uh, softcore, like girls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, how the, um, and uh, the sex part, how'd that come about then? That was because of Jasmine. Right. <laughs> because my license plate on my car says Viva Sex. So she, when she used to introduce me, it shows, but ladies and gentlemen, Viva Sex. And, I, and that's how it stuck. <laughs> How'd you get, see, when I was a little kid, I remember a little kid, 15, I remember seeing that Viva Sex plate. How did, was that an issue trying to get that plate to say how the word sex on it? Yes, because uh, the reason that I, I got away with it is because I, I did a little couple of shady things at the, <laughs> at, the <laughs> at the DMV and it's just flipped right through. Now they want to take it away from me, but they're never going to take it away from me. Uh, <laughs> you know, like everybody, all the cops that'll stop me, they're like, how'd you get the license plate? Or when I kick in the old license plate, they're like, uh, you know, you're not supposed to have this plate. And I'm like, you can't stop me. Give me my other plate. You know? Yeah, now, so, now you're like grandfathered in. So, yeah, so now yeah. you can't hide. People see you in a car and it says Viva Sex. They know who they're, who they're following. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I followed you several times. I was a big fan. I was a big fan of everybody. I was just like mad crush on everybody in that whole show. I was just like just enamored with the whole thing. Uh, I remember the moment. Uh, so when did the before I jump into when I, one of those moments, I remember you coming in as Madonna. Um, when did that? W was there a moment um, like so her first album comes out and you see her and and you see that? Oh, maybe I can look like her. At what point? What was the first time? Can you remember like the first appearance and what? Did you try What era were you trying to portray? Do you remember? Where I became actually Madonna? Yeah. Uh, that happened later because I, I told you I still didn't want it. I was using music. I didn't want, I was using me. You know what I mean? And I was using them, their music as a product. When I, uh, somebody had told me, you should go to Lacage, uh, you know, in uh, Hollywood because they do impersonations, you know? And I went, I, so I went and I asked them, I said, you know, that's when the Like a Virgin album came out. And then I went into Lacage and I told them, I said, I do Madonna for a living. And they're like, we don't want a Madonna. Because at that time, they had like older people, like, a, like Liza Minnelli, the Marilyn Monroe, the Dionne Warwicks, you know. And they're like, well, we don't, we're not looking for a Madonna. I said, well, I do Madonna for a living. And they're like, well, you know, no, we're not interested. I said, fine. And I left. And I, I got so discouraged about that. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this place. So I turned around and I still continued doing my shows and everything. And then in 1991, 
Um, well, it was before that. I think it was. So I saw. I, to give you a refresher, see, I remember seeing you on the three three zero, the Steve Edwards show, three three zero. They had a Madonna lookalike contest. So that's yeah, when that's I, when I was still doing me doing Madonna. Okay. You know <laughs> not, not 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 perfecting Madonna. I was using. I was Viva doing Madonna songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody wanted to be Madonna, and I'm like, fuck everybody. I, I didn't want to be that clone. You know, because we were so unique at our club, we were our individual self. I didn't want to be that person. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gotcha. So I joined. Uh, they told me if I wanted to be that, and then I won. But the producers came up to me and told me we don't want to make this a joke. So we're going to give it to the next person. And I'm like, I don't care because right. they found out I was a boy and blah, blah, blah. When I was on an American bandstand, you know, nobody knew I was a boy. And then when some girl figured it out, she started snitching and then I beat her up in the, uh, in the dressing room, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I beat her up in the dressing room. So they threw me out. <laughs> Cause Viva, I mean, for the people that don't, that are going to learn so much about you. I mean, he, he was this thin, I didn't think I've never thought you were feminine and just he had a very thin build, unlike a lot of the drags today. So you, you could look like a woman and your body wouldn't, wouldn't read man. It would read very much a woman. So you had a very, your body lent itself very well to, to be in drag. Cause some of the drag queens now they're like six feet. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about seven. <laughs> <laughs> they've grown, they've all grown up. They're big boys now. Yeah, yeah. So when, when I see a, 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 a much smaller frame guy, I'm like, Oh wow, that's good. You know, cause the, you know, there's a lot, they're, everyone's doing drag and there's a lot of big ones now. <laughs> so oh, yeah, there's a, there's, it's, it's like a clone. It's like a clone machine. Yeah. Big <laughs> ones, yeah. So when, uh, at, when do you feel, I know you joined the cod and you do the three, three Oh, and you, and you might've done the American bandstand. And then do you end up going to your concert? I, I'll jump forward to possibly, I went to peanuts the night that who's that girl premiered and you came yeah. in with the same exact outfit and exactly same look that she had at the premiere. And I was just like, yeah, because what the I went fuck? to the concert. I was like, what the hell? I was like, yeah. whoa. I mean, and you looked so, I mean, you would come, it was always, for me, I don't know if it's for everyone else. I mean, I'm probably just this crazy stalker person. But I mean, for me, when I was there and you'd come in, it was like a moment in time because you'd come in and you always had some big guy with you, some stud with you, and he was carrying your stuff. And you came in that, that night, you came in looking just like Madonna, just like she looked at the premiere of the movie like four hours earlier. And it was crazy. And it was just, and every time we would always, when I bring friends, oh, we got to wait for Viva to come in. It's always an entrance. Is that something that didn't even plan, right? I can't imagine you plan it, but it was an entrance. Knew, it, was I, a, I, it was a moment for me, and I'm sure for many people when you walked in that club. Yeah, I never knew. I never knew that, like, like how we, what you just said, because a lot of people told me that. They're like, we used to wait for you to see if you're going to look like Madonna that day. Or we saw her and we're like, oh, she's going to do it, you know? And I would do it, but I was doing it because of me. I wasn't doing it because I wanted to be her, you know? Yeah. It was just fun. And uh, and then, you know, I never took anything too, too, too hard because I just wanted to, my life, my whole life. It's just I continue looking forward. I want to have a good time and I want to be happy. And as long as everybody's happy, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. And that's the way the times were back then, you know? And then, you know, when I went to Lacage in 1991, uh, my friend had a birthday party like in the 90s. And then he turned around and, and they had to pay Lacage for me to be there because he, I was already doing Madonna at that time. And then when I showed up, everybody's mouths dropped because at that time I hadn't been back there since. Uh -huh. But, you know, at that time, Madonna was it because it was the Blonde Ambition tour. 
for the people listening, I mean, Viva, when we talk about Madonna and the Blonde Ambition Tour, I mean, you were literally, from my experience at the time, you know, getting into the whole performance art, you were the, the, the leading impersonator of Madonna. I mean, you had that ponytail seconds after anyone had photographed her in that ponytail. <laughs> Like, did you like yeah. run down or did you make it? Like, how did that come about? A lot of the, a lot of the outfits and, and looks though, you would like duplicate in a matter of hours. Like you'd have it. Like. Yeah. And it was really funny because it's the art of, I mean, every performer knows how it is. They tweak this, tweak that and make it look like it's that. And you're going to say, oh my God, that was exactly like it, but it wasn't, <laughs> you know, but I made you think that it was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's what we all did, you know? Before we start talking about Lakash, tell me about Peanuts. I mean, this place was like jam-packed Fridays and Saturdays and then Mondays. Uh, and then even on Triple X, uh, Triple X was on, uh, Michelle's Triple X was on Tuesdays, which is a popular strip okay. show that a lot of the rappers went to. But there was a lot of celebrities that would come and a lot of famous people that would come just to see the cosmetics on Fridays and Saturdays, right? Who were some of the people that you remember coming in there? Like Boy George came in with Elvira and then turned around and wanted to DJ. He got on the DJ and he started wow. DJing with Lippy Lou, uh, Pamela Anderson, uh, David Lee Roth, Janet Jackson. Just, uh, uh, which one we call it? Um, I mean, er, name it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it Everybody literally was, was I mean, now that I've learned so much about Studio 54, but literally was the place to be on a Friday and Saturday. It was, it they would pack that place, balls to the wall. You could not move. And these performers would come out and they would just, I mean, dollars were just being thrown constantly at you guys. And it was just yeah. an experience. And there was, I always knew about celebrities being there. Okay, so then the, let's move on to Lakash. So you may actually get the chance to meet Herb Britz, the photographer that was made famous by Madonna at Lakage. Um, he came down to see the show. I mean, at, at Lakage, it was like every director, every movie star, every was there. I mean, Lana Turner, from Lana Turner to fucking just name it. Everybody was there. You, you, the curtain would open and I would see movie stars constantly. And, you know, there was a lot of people that I wouldn't even know because they were directors, producers. So we never had to audition. They would just say, I want you in my show. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. That's it. And we're always, in, we always got work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a amazing. And when her birth went, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like before, with the admiration of people giving us tips, it was because they enjoyed our show. They really liked us. They really cared about us. They really wanted to know us. You know, like throw money at people just to show off. And so it's not. It's not like a total major admiration. I see. I, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a different time now for sure. When you meet Herb Ritz, you guys end up doing some sort of project together, right? Yeah. He. Um, I was supposed to be in the sex book and they said they were going to do the sex book and i said okay cool and then he goes well you know you look so much like her we want to do a mirror image of you and her and i was like oh my god this is going to be insane he took pictures of me up on melrose up on the up on some building it was him and michael mackalak uh he was like his helper at the time and you did and a, then, um, i remember that so you were in i remember that photo shoot i remember all of it so <laughs> correct me because i'm sure i'm wrong remembering all this uh, was it there something with justify my love too maybe was that music video yeah, had justify to come out? My I love too, but they, they, I don't know what happened. Something happened with that and I didn't get to do it. It was like, I was supposed to be in the bed and she was supposed to get Mike Myers and I was supposed to get Garth. But it, my friend that did Prince at Lacage, he ended up being in that video. Frank Moore was in that video. It, and, and then the Herberts thing, you know, we took all the pictures and then it came out to, to people that were producing the book said, now nah, we're going to do it with a male. We're going to do it with Naomi Campbell. So the parts that you see with me with, that's the part I was going to do with her. And then tell me about, and I don't know if this came from Peanuts or from Lakash. Wasn't there a photo shoot with an actress? Was it, was it Pamela Anderson before she broke out? Oh, yeah, Did it was Pamela Anderson, yeah. 
you guys on an elephant or something? Tell me, remind me what you guys, you weren't you on some sort of Yeah, during the, <laughs> yeah, during the, she was gonna, she had just gotten home improvement and um, this guy is another famous photographer. His name is Michelle Comp. He does all like a uh, Italian Vogue and all that stuff. He's a big photographer. And um, he used to come to La Cage and we became friends and I did stuff for him. Like we did photo shoots. And then one day he passed by a restaurant in Beverly Hills and he goes, I'm photographing this guy. And he looks so much like you. He didn't know who she was. And she's like, oh, I'm flattered and everything, but I don't do modeling anymore. She goes, well, you know, it's a guy and he looks so much like you. My name is Michelle Comp. I'm a, I'm a famous photographer. And she goes, you know, it sounds really interesting. I'm going to go. So the next day I show up all dressed up and she walks in and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Pamela Anderson. He goes, oh, you know who she is? And I'm like, of course I know who she is. And then we just became friends. And because I was like <laughs> gagging because I'm like, and then she's like, you look, she goes, you do look like me. I'm like, oh, my God. And she kept calling me her evil twin. And <laughs> so we did a photo session. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yep, I, I remember that. I remember the photos. I remember something about an elephant or something or I, some sort of animal. Yeah, the, the, they were doing the, the, They had the elephant because uh, he had just done the photo shoot the day before with Sandra Bernhard and Cindy Crawford when they were on Playboy magazine. Okay, I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, there's infamous shots of them on top of the on top of um, an elephant and and that was the day before my my shoot. Oh wow, wow. See they got to use that elephant two days in a row. <laughs> Yeah, they got to use the elephant two days in the row. <laughs> so you also appeared in a, a, a famous, a really popular uh, rap video. I remember that too. So. Oh yeah, that was the, that was the, the beginning of the end. Madonna would let me. <laughs> Madonna, <laughs> Madonna would always let me do her songs because she would never give permission to do songs. You know, Warner Brothers and her. They, nobody can do her songs on, on TV. TV. On TV. If you really, yeah. yeah, because they would always be somebody else singing it. They didn't have the right. But she liked me, so she was like, she would always give permission. You know, she came to see me at Lacage, all this stuff. So she was fine with it. And then they asked me to do this Sir Mix a Lot video, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And I didn't know what it was. All you heard was dun 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 dun. You know, they never they never said the words. And Sir Mix a Lot was next to me all this time. I didn't even know who he was. I just so the, the baby baby got back video, right? Yeah, it was a baby got back video. And then when it came out, uh, somebody from Warner Brothers called me up and they're like, you know, Madonna's really mad because you did the song and they're making fun of her. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. I go, they hired me to look like her and stuff like this. But I look so much like her in that video because they use the same kind of lighting they use on her that she was so mad that it was me and everybody kept saying it was her so they had my head cut off <laughs> <laughs> so the actual video <laughs> <laughs> but i have the, there's a video there's a 12 inch video of it where you can see all of me but <laughs> yeah yeah I, you showed it to me i remember the video that went out to the masses was viva was just his body just his body torso was yeah. in the video no head <laughs> yeah because because he says knock need bimbos walking like hoes you can have them bimbos and it was me <laughs> well so so you're at lacage and so tell me about uh you know besides this amazing likeness to madonna that you had that just took you all over the world i know you went to japan you did a birthday party or an anniversary party for a famous uh talk show host do you remember that and no. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, yeah. look, so Johnny Carson was like the talk show host of the time, and Johnny Carson had an anniversary party or a birthday party. I'm not sure which one. And and back yeah, he then, and he hired us. This is like the 90, 1990, I think, right? Maybe I'm. Yeah, it was 1991. 
it was 91. Okay. So still, I mean, Viva was just Madonna impersonator. And when Johnny Carson saw him and he looked so much like Madonna at that party, Johnny Carson put him on the Tonight Show, which is still, I haven't done a lot of research, but I don't know who else in drag has been on there. But I know you're one of, I'm sure, only a small handful of drag queens that were ever on that show. Before me, there was only one. I mean, if you call Count Milton, Milton Burrell and all them, but they were, I mean, like a normal drag queen impersonator. I think it was only Charles Pierce. I think it was. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know Johnny, but I know, I, I think he comes from a time too that he wasn't really a, a huge fan of men in dresses unless they were making ch- no, a show. No, no. <laughs> the only one that he actually, the only one that he actually would would excuse is like Milton Burrell or stuff like that because yeah, it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. But someone like yourself, because <laughs> I know we were just like, they treated you like gold and we got there i was there i remember it was jasmine and frank danced with you and uh yeah we did it and uh, you had the g-string they're like oh, i don't think you had i think that's a funny thing you didn't have the g-string in rehearsals i don't think so <laughs> do you remember and then i know when i come <laughs> out i'm just bare ass <laughs> the g-string and then i just remember everyone gagging oh my god he's wearing a g-string so that was that was really funny but yeah the tonight show with johnny carson madonna and that was just an amazing moment i think uh, i mean for me just to be there on set and to see you do that and uh still yeah no it was like it was so much fun but like but you know like throughout my career it's always been like you know the there's always something behind it you know like i don't care about like you know it's always been like a jealousy kind of thing with people with certain things and i i never look at that you know uh like that's why i started to do my own show at uh, other places because i wanted everybody like different sizes different colors to have a good time people always thought that oh my god i thought i was the number one madonna i didn't even care I didn't even care, but everybody creates these own things on their mind and say, oh, yeah, she thinks she's this, she thinks she's that. I never thought anything. I thought that I was just having a great time. Right. You know? and, and you were, and you were, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of other people. I mean, if they would see you at Peanuts, I mean, that was, a, that was an impressionable time for me. And that's why we're talking today, you know, some, you know, 37 years later. It's like, because it's all so fresh in my head going to see you there, you know, and that impression has always been there in my head forever. It's there for, for internal you know and and you're someone that just grateful that you know you're still with us and we're able to talk about uh, your career tell me i know your mom was a big part of your life was she a fan of your drag i mean because of my mother i became i i am the person that i am like i nothing bothers me because she always used to tell me don't listen to what people say my father was very against what i did because he was a latin father and he was always very against everything i did because he was like saying oh faggot this and faggot that but the day that i did johnny carson it changed his attitude completely well, it changed. I mean, you, know, you change your father's attitude, the most important person for sure, but it changed a lot of people's attitude. I think, I mean, people that would see you and think that, you know, there's no stopping anybody. You know, they see someone, a guy in drag, you know, on TV, you know, I think for people that were were longing to be a performer, they see something like that and it inspires them uh, to, to continue and not feel alone. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. And then, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's just to sit down and make someone else, you know, I'm not here to, to make the jealous person, any other thing I'm here to make what you just said, you know, somebody that's scared to do what they want to do and, or be, you know, just be proud of who they are. It's weird because, you know, when I, I, when I talk about, you know, with the other interviewees that I've spoken to, you know, it's like, I don't think I ever imagined that I'd be talking to you, you know, 30 something years later about your career. And I, there was a reason I went to Peanuts that night. There was a reason I saw you. There's a reason I met Jasmine. There's a reason I met all these people. And it's like the destiny was already set there. You can either fight your destiny or you can just go ahead and embrace it. And it's like, I, you know, 
here I am 37 years ago later and I'm still have drag queens all around me. <laughs> and I look yeah, at it, you know? It's like, I would have never thought ever like that would ever happen. I don't know where I thought my life was going, but you know, and, and obviously this is the path that was supposed to be, you know, taken by me and it's been you know rewarding to me and uh rewarding that i get to talk to so and that's many that's the last thing that's the only thing if it's rewarding to you and you're happy that's all that matters nothing else matters yeah, yeah. the whole art form you know like the whole art form i mean like that's why i stopped doing a lot of things because i don't want to involve myself in this world right now the way it is yeah it's a, it's a i don't i got it's a different time and that's and i keep myself busy just reflecting on people's careers you know and people that have inspired myself and others and uh tell me about the involvement with gloria stefan and how that came about they were hunting people for the everlasting love video <clears throat> and then somebody came up to me and they're like you know they're doing a gloria stefan video and i'm like oh I, I don't I don't do Gloria Stefan, but I knew a guy named Willie who did, but he worked at he worked at Arena. I knew that he did Gloria Stefan. A lot of people always just said I look like her because I have her nose. With makeup, you can create whatever you want to create. So I always created Madonna's nose thinking that I have this slender nose, but I don't. You know, I have Gloria Stefan's nose. So um, they came and somebody goes, you should go and audition. You know, they're having the background dancers. And I'm like, okay. So I called them up and they said, okay, come tomorrow. But you have to be like a little bit wild, like party, afro, whatever. So I wore afro. I did kind of like the deeper, deeper look. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I showed up and I did the dancing with other people. And then the next day... They called me and they're like, have you ever done Gloria Stefan? And I'm like, no. And then they're like, well, people always said I look like her, but I do Madonna for a living. And they're like, we don't see Madonna. We see Gloria. That's all we saw. And can you come tomorrow dressed as Gloria? And I was like, can I do the new look, which was a homie throw me, kiss me. And because I liked that look because he had the brown hair and, and it was more, it was, I didn't like the curly hair and all that other stuff. So they said, well, come over tomorrow dressed like that. So I borrowed a wig from, I think it was Jasmine or whatever. And I cut that wig up and I said, girl, I cut your wig up. <laughs> and <laughs> I showed up and then, and when I walked in, they're like, we knew it. And she goes, you don't have to do anything. You're the other Gloria. And I said, do you ever hear a Willie? And they're like, no, nobody's ever told us about him here comes the jealousy again you know people knew him but they wouldn't put, refer him so i referred him to them i gave him their number i called willie and I told willie call him and he got it so you guys are in this and that's where we meet it's just amazing photographer as well besides albert chalot that was on the set i think but so was peter caravalius uh who i work with so many times you know it's an amazing photography yeah. work for me so you guys do shoot this music video uh everlasting love uh because at the time gloria's pregnant right so they didn't want to put her in the video isn't that the Yeah, case? she was pregnant. And this video comes out and then somehow, some way, someone comes up with the idea that you should go on tour with Gloria Stefan. So no, like I, I like she was pregnant at the time, so I put a pillow in me and I was walking around the set <laughs> with the pillow. I think it's I think you can see that video. You can see in the video you see me walking by pregnant. I think it's in the twelve inch version. And um we, I mean we had so much fun and you know, I knew all the girls already and they were telling us, Okay, you guys are glorious, we don't want you to hang out with them and I'm like, Hell no, I know all them bitches. <laughs> It was all drag, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It was all, all drag, it. It all, was drag all drag queens. And b back then, still, that was a groundbreaking to have all those drag queens in a major music video. I mean, yeah, because everybody's and because because they were not like weird looking, they were like all like modern, and it was like it was really cool. And then for us to be Gloria Stefan, and there's two guys in it, people were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we did the video. She loved it so much, and then she planned a tour, and that was a couple of years later. And she called me and. We Willie, and she's like, you both are my favorite, and I want you, to, I want to take you on tour. And I'm like, tour on where? She goes, well, I'm going around the world. And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you get, do you remember yeah. that moment? I mean, was it just like, were you like just out of breath, like when she calls you and asks you that? Did you die? Yeah, I, 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 I it was very surreal. 
But, you know, I'm like, I'm going to tell you something. Everything that I've done in my life, there was always a price to pay before you get in that door. Like like the ridicule, the homophobia. Yeah, we, we showed up and uh, I think it was her first tour. I think it was in Philadelphia. That was her first tour. We walked in and everybody looked at us like we were like retarded. Clowns. They looked at us and they were like kind of, yeah, they, no, they were laughing at us because we we're dressed as boys. We walked in as boys. I looked like a heavy metal person, and and Willie looked like somebody that just got his papers. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it was just really bad. And they were looking at us, and they were like, "Yeah, right there, Gloria Stefan." And it was really weird. And we got to meet her, and she says, "I'm glad you guys are going to be on on this trip. We're only supposed to do three dates. We're supposed to do Philadelphia, New York, and Miami. Then when they filmed the video, we weren't supposed to go on the whole tour." It was only a surprise for those three places. And then um, when we went to the back, we got dressed. When we came out for the rehearsal, everybody's mouth dropped. <laughs> and that's my biggest, that's my biggest prize on everything that, you know, before you go through that door, you have to go through shit. But once they see you, their mouth drops yeah. because they, they can't imagine that we're going to look like these people. Yeah. No, no. We see it when we we, we do the casino shows. We experience that a lot. You see all these guys and then they go, that's not going to look like Dolly Parton. That's not going to look like that person. And then when they come out, they're dumbfounded by it. But I mean, back then, I mean, this, we're talking about the middle of the nineties, right? Remind me what year. 96, 97. Okay. So, I mean, still the only other person that has done something like that would be like, I think Cher was in the process of doing that with, a, with Elgin, with a drag queen going on tour. Yeah. And, and yeah. she had done it in the 70s, but it wasn't common. I mean, it, we were still backwards in the 90s. I mean, for a drag queen to appear with a major superstar on TV, I mean, on TV, let alone in person around the world was a, such an amazing moment. I mean, for female impersonators, I mean, and that's, oh. and Viva, you know, you were part of that. I mean, it's just amazing when I look back on that, you know, so you go around the world. How, do you remember how many cities you went to? Every, every, every country, every city, everything. She canceled Russia because something happened with the publicity department that they didn't publicize her in uh, the right way. So she didn't want to risk, you know, because it takes so much money to ship all that stuff over there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she canceled Russia and she canceled the Philippines. Those are the only two places that she canceled. But uh, we went to Africa. We went everywhere, everywhere. Wow. I mean, something like only a fraction of people would in this life in their lifetime would ever be able to do. And you got to do all of that. Did you get to meet like her family, her husband? I met her. Yeah, her, her husband loved us. And uh, her son was very, very, you know, her son got in trouble because of us. And um, <laughs> they would always take, you know, he was a brat at that time, you know. He would take our camera and film and Gloria would be like, what the hell are you doing with that camera? And then there was a thing that when in the concert, she would do a song called Montuno. She was always on the top. That's where before we come out. And then she goes down the elevator and then it comes out with us. Mm-hmm. And she would always look down. So I'd always like show her my tit, show her my butt, <laughs> or, or, you know, be pregnant, do all kinds of stuff. And then one day she was like, I didn't have nothing else to do. So I just dropped the dress and I was butt naked underneath. And she's like, oh my. And she would always crack up because I would always make her laugh. You know, so I mean, we had a great rapport. And then one day Madonna was going to come, but Madonna was pregnant at that time. And um, she turned around and she goes, well, your woman's coming. So you calm down. Let her come into my room first and then I'll bring her to you. And I said, that's great. But she didn't show up. Her brother and somebody else came because she was pregnant. And so the other person I left out was Reba McIntyre had a drag queen in her concert as well. David Lohman, Cody Collins that worked with Reba. So in these performances, the, the superstars like Gloria Stefan used these two performers as her as she did a costume change and she would come out and join these people. So it was just an amazing moment. A lot of people, you came up one at a time. Were you the first one to come up? And then the other I was one the first out. one to come on. They thought that because it was a Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me album. So when I came out, everybody thought I was her. So they were screaming <laughs> and yelling. And then all of a sudden, the other Gloria would come on. They're like, what the hell happened? And then she would come on in the middle. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was amazing. amazing. So amazing. So you get back after the tour and the whole Peanuts thing starts, I know it starts to die, has already started to die down after the, you know, back in the 90s. So when does that finally run its course? The peanuts. Yeah. It, it didn't run as you know. It would have still probably be still been going, but it was just you know bad management. The owner that really cared about us, he had leukemia, so he died, and he passed the thing to his brother who was straight and didn't give a fuck. All he cared about was money, 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 money. So he ran it to the ground and he owed so much thing, and he said he just he just let it go. So that's when we went to the prom. RuPaul used to come to my show at the time when he wasn't doing anything. When when he wasn't popular, he only had supermodel. Yeah, and he would no. perform in my show. He would perform in my show. <laughs> you know, with a hairbrush. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, and the time I when think he, he, was go, he was going through his own uh, his own struggles. You know, it's like to think that he was going to be yeah. a huge superstar. You know, he, he didn't think it'd blow up like he did. So now look. I mean, and, and, you know, so he used to come see our show, like, religiously every week. And then when he came out with, the, with his first album, you know, he promoted it there, and we all came out dressed like him and stuff, you know. When you, when you look back on, on the career you've had performing, uh, what, what's your most memorable moment? Would it be Gloria Stefan, or would it be meeting Madonna, or tell what stands out? Um, meeting Madonna was just, just like, because she, you know, it was just, oh, my God. You know, you meet your idol, and I had, like, four times to get an amazing photo with her and I didn't because I froze because she is a bitch you know she looks at you straight in the face she looks at you straight in the face and she's like yeah you know you're like and then I'm a bitch too so I'm like ah uh, what you know so it just it was just like it just didn't work the you bitch, know and um <laughs> it was like the bitch standoff okay. it was crazy i got the only picture she got a picture in the blonde ambition when i went to the blonde ambition uh all her dancers thought i was in the audience so like oh my god we thought you were her we thought you were her and then um slam took me to the back and he goes have she seen you and i'm like no she took me to the back and then they got a camera and they took a picture of both of us but i never saw that picture and that would be the only amazing picture because we both have the ponytail on. <laughs> this is just crazy the only time. thing different is she has a robe on and she has like a tape over the ponytail. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, time I ever saw her was on the set of Material Girl because a guy, a girl that used to do prints at Peanut, um, she was in that video of the Material Girl video. And she told me, come on, come over right now because I'm doing the video. So I went over and I saw her and then got introduced to her. And I'm like, yeah, I do you for a living. And she goes, I don't see it. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, because I was dressed as a boy. No, and then when when I saw her in the blonde ambition when I came in the back she's like oh my god you do look like me now I can fuck myself oh that's funny <laughs> and then when I met her again at the there was such a big gap between that and when I saw her at Virgin Megastore I, I was dressed in the music outfit and I'm like and she goes oh I like your outfit and I said I stole it from you and she's like uh mine's real <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then after she signed all my stuff and uh, I took the picture, I turned around. I go, I go, I hope you remember this. He goes, now you, now, you, now you can fuck yourself, right? And it just sounded so bad because I thought she would remember that. Of course she doesn't. <laughs> and it just sounded so bad. And she looked at me like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, I know a lot of people don't know, but you, you've always collected, you know, you have a huge collection of, of memorabilia, music, movies too, or just music? Everything movies. I love horror movies. So my my collection is basically horror, and it's all autographed, and it's all like it's I it's something that's really that I love a lot. Is horror. When did I that start? Because you you have a huge collection. I mean, I remember seeing your room once. It was just covered, like just it was like a record store. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my, house, just... my whole house is <laughs> my whole house is like a fucking museum, <laughs> and it's all horror. It's all horror memorabilia, and you know. I'm a big Madonna collector, but I don't collect her anymore. I, I've been selling a lot of my stuff. I have, a, I mean, 
she gave me her boost GA. I have her Lucky Star earring, her borderline earring. I, her brother gave me that when he used to come to Peanut. And I have a lot of stuff from her. And I just don't have that admiration anymore. So I've sold a lot of stuff. I hear you. Is there anything that you wish you would have done as a performer? Like, oh, I should have took that opportunity and did that, or I should have did this. No, I've, I've, I've enjoyed, I've been blessed to get what I've gotten and I'm happy that I got it, you know, and I'm happy I did it at that time. Like I said, I would not want to be young now doing anybody because, you know, it, it, I would have to live my life saying how many likes did I get? You know, I'm private on Instagram, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'm private on Instagram and I have very little followers because I don't bring anybody into my life anymore like that because the people nowadays it's all about competition bitterness competitiveness and they always have something really bad to say you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no and i, I, I you know i've i've seen about other madonna like male impersonators that say they're better than me i could care less right, you know what i'm saying right. well that's that's you know you and i look at them and i look at them and i i generally say they're not you know right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know there's something about being first and there's something about you know uh, you know paving the way and you know there's always you know i can never say like some of the other producers are always saying oh i created drag it's like drag's been around forever long before we were ever born or even thought of so oh yeah drag's always existed it's been around so. what in the 20s and yeah. even before that yeah so it's like you know it's all relative who thinks who people think the best is you know but it's a, a matter of understanding and respecting where you know this art form came from before people and uh, you know as a director and putting people in shows that I have you know it's just funny when I when I talk to people about you know who they've watched or who they know it's always RuPaul's Drag Race because that's the that's the popular medium for people to watch but they don't think about all the people that really made a bigger you know splash in this in this industry like yourself and there's another reason why I want to do the podcast to talk to people that really uh you know, did a lot in their career that nobody even remembers or talks about. Um, because no, but it's, it, it's good because it's something that's actually specialer. Like, you know, like me and Jasmine have done a lot of things, mm -hmm. okay? And it's, and it's held to our heart to say we were there at the time where it actually mattered. You know what I'm saying? We got we we didn't even have to go out and 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 be on a computer and see how many likes we have and all this stuff to be popular to say we look like that person because we didn't care. We got stuff because of what we look like and our personality. And our personality meant everything to the other person. Yeah, it was a completely different time back then for sure. Oh yeah. Sure. And I, I will never I would never change the time and I'm glad that I did it. I, I've done everything I've I wanted to do. There's other things that I wish I could do, you know, like I've done movies and every fucking movie that I do, they're like they cut me out or they, they never the movie never comes out and it would have been amazing so i stopped doing that because i was a waste of my time getting in drag and going to audition or going to do this movie and then it never comes out it was just a waste of time you know you you can tell jasmine with that because when she did that thing for two Wong fu she thought she got the damn movie but it was, they just were using her to see how drag queens pose you know yeah yeah, yeah. and, and that's an insult yeah yeah. That's an insult to us, but yeah. we always we always were strong about it, and we still had a good time doing it. We didn't turn around and say, oh, well, I can't believe that we didn't get it, and they were using us, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like now, they would make a big old stink about it. They'll probably sue somebody for it, but it's like I don't – I never looked at it that way. I just put it upon myself saying, the movies are not for me. You know, <laughs> when you when you see some of the girls now, do you ever get a chance to go out and see any drag shows or that's not kind of your scene anymore? It's not my scene anymore. I, I can just go to I can watch a circus show on TV. <laughs> Is there anyone that you see now that you kind of uh, respect or that you think, oh, that's pretty cool? Uh, uh, I don't really watch the RuPaul's Rail. I mean, Violet Chosky, I like a lot. Um, awesome. She reminds me of the old times, you know, that that look and, you know, the body and. 
and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, I'm the wrong person to talk about the RuPaul because we know too many secrets about <laughs> no, that. No, anyone, <laughs> it doesn't have to be RuPaul, but anyone that you might see that you said, oh, yeah, I remember seeing them. And so on uh, social media, I know you're private on Instagram uh, because I've been sending you messages on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I don't. Uh, you know what? You, you, uh, I uh, redo it because I don't. I never check that. <laughs> okay, not a problem. So, if people, is there any any outlet that you would like people listening to that wanted to connect with you? Is there any outlet that you can share with them that they can find you on, or is that you just want to stay kind of under the radar? I mean, if they want to be friends with me on Instagram, they can just send me a message and just tell me who they are. You know. Okay, okay. and your Instagram <laughs> social media account is what? Is it Viva Sex or? It's Viva Sex. Yeah. Well, Viva, I don't. I know it sounds kind of crazy to tell you. I mean, it made such an impression in my life. I mean, the moment I walked into Peanuts and, and saw that show and saw you and, and being a huge Madonna fan in the early 80s, I mean, and, and watching you just completely blossom and do just amazing things at the Tonight Show and the Gloria Stefan tour and, and, and all the people you perform for. I mean, you really you really made a splash in this industry and you should be very proud of that. So I, No, no. I mean, when I drop dead, I'll be, I'll be fine. I've done, <laughs> I, I'm, very, no, I, I'm very proud of what I've done. I'm proud of what my girls have done that were in my show. Uh, you know, I started off with people like with Lonnie and Victor. They danced with David Bowie, uh, Olivia and John. Fucking, they were in fucking Thank God It's Friday. You know, they've done a lot of careers. So I already came from that, from knowing what kind of attitude you should have if you do stuff like this to never be conceited, never to be shady because they were all down to earth. And they were doing really good stuff at that time. When I wasn't even doing it, I was very young at that time, but I knew them, you know? They were in the show. And that was like, I think, 1980. Because everybody that we met during that time have done a great thing in their career life. I mean, they didn't only have RuPaul Drag Race. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the only outlet for these people nowadays. It's like, we did everything. We did everything. We met everybody. We've done everything, you know? I'm sure you talked to Jasmine and she's said the same thing. No, no we talked talk to a you lot know? of people. I haven't spoken to Jasmine yet, but I've spoken to a lot of people that, that know you and we're excited to hear that I was going to be talking to you. So I, I appreciate everything. I appreciate all the moments I've had a chance to work with you. I know some people might remember the Madonna shows I would produce and put together and Viva was always gracious to be a part of that. Uh, and Oh, that was always so much fun. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the Blunder and Ambition. Oh, yeah. Blonder I mean, that was, you know, and, and there was no animosity. There's where all the Madonna impersonators were. Nobody was jealous of anybody everybody was having a great time and loving everybody yeah. doing everybody yeah. Yeah. and and you don't find that anymore you don't yeah no it's it's wild so i think because now yeah. there's so many drag queens i mean there's like i'm in palm springs now i think there's like 12 drag shows here you know before covid there's like a, <laughs> two shows a, two drag shows a night in this town and this town's only a few miles wide so say there's like a drag show in yeah. the corner i mean there's drag shows all over the place and i think that just creates a lot more, you know, uh, dissension and people having issues with each other because there's so many more of them now. But uh, and it's just too much. It's just too much. Before it was like so hidden. Like I mean, I'm I come from a generation where we had to hide for what we stand for, and I think I loved it much better because it made me feel more special. You know, like I see people kissing on TV, like uh, drag queens on TV, and just being whatever, and it, it it lost its appeal to me. Yeah, we were like before we were we, we were, were very like, rebel, private. Rebel. We were rebels. We wanted to. We wanted to do stuff behind behind the curtain, and and uh, it was yeah. exciting. It was exciting. It was underground. That's what the, the traveling bars, the traveling shows, and having it underground and illegal activity. Never having to have an ID to get in. You know, I mean, it was just. It was a great time and a, and a great experience. And, uh, I'm grateful that it was amazing. I mean, and you should be proud too because you brought all these Madonna impersonators together that would would uh, in other words.
guards nowadays like beat each other up for or steal their <laughs> outfits because they needed it for their show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm still friends with. <laughs> I'm still friends with some of them. So yeah, it's been it's been a great ride, and then yeah, I, I'm I'm grateful I had the opportunity to talk to you, Viva, and uh, thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Grateful. No, no. So. Thank you. Yeah, I had a, I had a blast. It was great hearing from you, Mr. George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, I appreciate everyone listening out there. Thank you, Viva. The best to you. And thank we'll you. you Bye-bye. Definitely. Bye. Thank you for listening to Icons, Incredible Creations on Stage podcast, hosted by Dan Gore. Follow Dan Gore on Facebook at Oscars Downtown Palm Springs. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and hit subscribe. Hope you have an iconic day. <laughs>